Greetings, 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 good people. This is Kat, and I'm here to introduce to you our newest series that I am calling One-on-One Live. This is a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic, where each episode will feature interviews with people from all walks of life. I'm talking creatives, culture warriors, social justice warriors, and happen makers. Tune in to hear how they are coping in this new space, a space that I refer to as the after, and what they think the future holds. These episodes are recorded live, so if you want to see me and my guests in real time, head over to lowsoso.com for details. Otherwise, just subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and get new episodes as soon as they are available. Oh, and one more thing. If you enjoy what you hear, please, please consider making a donation using the information in the description box. Many of our guests have been adversely affected by the pandemic, so where you can, consider supporting their creative pursuits and causes. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Now, on to the episode. Greetings, greetings, good people. This is Cat's Corner, the podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Cat Day. And this is the one-on-one series. And today's guest is an amazing Black woman that I absolutely love and adore. And um, I can't wait for her to share all of her wisdom. Miriam Foy is an artist, a culture worker. She doesn't like to be called an activist. Um, <laughs> But she goes out into the world and she makes sure that Black women in particular, that their art is supported and that their art has has longevity. So it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring her in to talk to us today. And also, being in uh, the good old NOLA, I thought it'd be kind of cool to get a sense of what's happening in real time. So, good morning. Good morning. Um, fantastic. I'm telling you, sleep do things, honey. Sleep, man. Sleep takes age off your face, makes your joints feel better. Sleep is awesome. And I made a bed yesterday. So like the bed that I actually, like I put together a bed yesterday, which I don't, I don't know what's come over me. I'm so domestic in this last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> you ain't got nowhere else to be. I ain't got nowhere else to be. Right. And I ain't got nobody here to do it for me. So I'm just saying, I can't call nobody in Atlanta, man, because you ain't. Okay, we're not going to, we, please, this conversation <laughs> is supposed to go one direction. Please don't take us in the other direction because. I'm sorry, but this is why you're the moderator. Fix me. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> domestic life—it's you know, it's interesting because domestic life is um has been enhanced. I have done more cooking than I care to think about. I've washed more dishes than I generally wash, um, but it's kind of cool. I'm definitely yeah. And I realized the price of things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I realized the price of things. I was like, wait, this bundle of fresh basil is like six bucks, right? Well, these are plants. I can grow it for like five. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like hmm. I'm gonna go grow me some basil. This is the, <laughs> the next project. Is you know today, God is willing, and the allergies stay still. As I head to Home Depot, I have a project in mind for my backyard, and that includes growing some things. So yeah, yeah, do time. it. It's a good time. You got plenty of time. Yeah, ain't got nowhere else to go. So, um. How is it? How how are you today? This is the question that I usually ask uh, all of my guests. You know, what's how are you feeling today? Today, oh, today I feel great. I mean, I um, like I told you, I slept well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my I had a Popeyes chicken sandwich and some champagne last night for dinner. Um, You're winning. That's fantastic. Which is likely why I slept so well. Um, it means that Popeye's in New Orleans just slaps differently. So I feel like it does because I had a Popeye's chicken sandwich in DC and it, it, I wasn't excited. Right. So, um, but also I think like it just I'm outside right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like super quiet and comfortable, and there's like a nice breeze, and um, I feel good. I feel like I don't feel defeated. I haven't yeah. felt defeated in the in like weeks. Okay, that's good. And there's this guy, this is so random, but it's important to how I'm feeling. There's this guy mm-hmm. that um, comes through my neighborhood quite often. He walks through here. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who he is. He's an old man. Uh, but he will always ask me for a light. Mm-hmm. And I almost never have one. And then um, one day, like, I had a box of matches, so I gave it to him. And now every time he walks by, he tells me how many matches he has left. And I just think that's so cute. And, like... <laughs> He helps me. Like he, when I don't see him, I get nervous. I have no idea where he's going or where he's coming from, and it's at all times of the day: three o'clock in the morning, eleven in the morning, twelve in the hour. It doesn't matter. But he's like, like yesterday, he was like, "I got four left," and I was like, "Okay." So now I got to go find another box of matches. 
I love it. It's like he's become he's so your time. He's like your timekeeper. He's so cute. He's so sweet. It's good morning. Hey, beautiful lady. <laughs> Where are you going? He's like a magical black leprechaun. He comes in, he gives you some joy, and then he goes on about his way. I, I just it. hope he has a home. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, all hours of the day. Yeah. I mean, he, makes, he makes my days better. Like, okay. I'm so glad to have some, like, a human. Yeah, you're right. A human timekeeper. It's like yep. something to watch over that is not stressful. So I'm interested because, you know, you have, has it been a year since you moved to New Orleans? It feels like it has. Exactly, exactly a year. Okay. So do you feel like, how do you feel about the fact that, okay, this is happening. This is a huge thing, but can you imagine what it would have been like if you were still in DC? Do you think that it would have been hell? Okay. Why? It would have been hell. Um, I didn't have any, DC was a very hard place for me. I I mean, I did it for 10 years, um, but DC was a very hard place for me. It was really difficult to figure out um, what side was up. You know, there was, there was, um, I worked a lot with government organizations because that's what you do when you're in DC. Um, and being a creative that was like a multi cross sector creative. Um, it was just, it was, it was just a constant. You never know who you're supposed to talk to. Who's your point of contact? What's going on? Who's this? Who's that? Who's that? And then with my son and where we were living, um, in Anacostia, which I loved my home Mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, I knew they weren't taking care of the place in a way that was going to elevate it anytime soon until they harmed it enough to like change the face of it. Right. Right. So I would have been stuck there in the, in the midst of their, you know, how you have to, what is it's kind of like what they say about grass. You got to kill it before you regrow it. Yeah. So the upheaval would have been, I would have been stuck in the midst of them still trying to kill it while we're trying to stay alive at stay home, you know? And I'd, I'd, I, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I missed out on that, but I feel terrible. I mean, no, I, feel, I don't, I actually don't feel, I'm saying I feel terrible, but I, um, I'm seeing, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it. Like I'm hearing from people who are on the ground and like trying to do the work and things. And they're like, I can't believe it's this bad. And I'm like, I can, mm-hmm. I truly can. <clears throat> so New Orleans has managed to flatten, to slowly start bringing their curve down. Um, and we had talked yeah. a little bit about this. Um, we, we know that African-Americans, black people, brown people in particular are suffering at a higher rate than everyone else. Um, what is your, what's it been like just around where you are? Like how are folks faring? Well, I mean, the culture of this city is like, it was like hard to, uh, I wasn't sure what was going on. And first, let's be clear. I stay in the house. Let's be clear about that. I stay in the house. Um, and if I go out, it's like to buy flowers or to go to Home Depot or to get groceries. Right. Um, but I do, I mean, the people I talk to and in my neighborhood and things, um, the culture of the city is, is, it is a, we gather, we, we, we come out, we party, you know, right. it's, that's kind of the culture of the city. Um, so to say like, like, stop immediately, I think was just like a. It was huge. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was just shocking, mm-hmm. but I think, but I also recognize they, they eventually did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the way, and I think the weather kind of helped, I, you know, I really, like I said, I think, I, I think I've said this to you before. I believe the elements really supported putting people in the house. Like it was like, it would be torrential downpour for like two days straight, get your ass in the house. Right. And then, um, and then like crazy sun dry up the earth, you know, burn the virus that came out that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think it was kind of, like I said, I think the North nature kind of made everybody go home. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, they, they were still trying to second line, girl. <laughs> they were, I mean, and I, look, I was trying to host a drive-in movie. I mean, it's, you know, right. everybody had their thing or the way that they could do it. Right. Um, I think it took, I think it took, like, when they moved the hospital to the Coliseum, mm-hmm. like, when they, when it was enough people that they had to, like, take over a building to free up the hospital. I think that was kind of like a moment where you were like, oh, shit. This is real. This is real. And I wish people, and I wish the news, the news was talking about how bad it was down here, right? Right. Mm -hmm. They're not talking about how well the mayor has actually... I had to dig. Yeah, I was doing a good job. I had to really dig to find it. 
yeah, she's done a wonderful job at like providing comfort and you know what I mean? And even like the little things we talk trash about, like, oh, there are like stops telling people to put on their seatbelts. Yeah, there's stops telling people to put on their seatbelts. They're also stops saying, put on your seatbelt and go home. Right. You know, like, but they're not arresting you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would rather get a seatbelt infraction than be locked up for breaking a stay-at-home order. Right. Right. So I appreciate some of the ebb and some of the decisions that she's making for the city. I think she's done a really good job in mm-hmm. protecting us. So in terms of your own sort of personal space and how you're managing, um, how has it been? You know, today's a good day, uh, but it, feel, you know, it feels like in the, I think you said something like, the last couple of weeks, like what's been going on and how have you been coping? Well, every, all of my clients are, are artists or arts organizations or companies that um, are depending on artists for something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so this time it's just been like, everybody wants you to apply for emergency funding. They need, right. you know, they need this, they need that, they need this. Um, I'm home now, I used to be with my son full-time, um, and then we put him in school, and now I'm with him full-time again. And mm-hmm. I think it's like the whole process of trying to balance everybody's state of emergency while getting to know my kid again. Right. And, um, and he's an extreme extrovert, which is very different from his mother. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we dealing with that, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, it's, it's mostly just trying to get people to calm down, you know, like, and, and I hate to say it like that, but because I hate if somebody tells me to calm down, I'll be ready to fight. Right. But it's more like trying to get people to like pace themselves and like see what's in front of them and like just kind of lean on everything that they've already established instead of trying to, to force everybody into some type of spiral with them. Right. And those conversations get really long and, um, there are some days I don't answer the phone where I'm just like, you got to email me. Right. Cause it feels like I'm like a therapist and I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. Do you... Go ahead. No, no, I'm just not good at it. Yeah. That was it. So can you, for just for people who don't know, you touched on it a little bit, but can you do a little bit more of an explanation of what you do as, yeah. As, yeah, sure. yeah. Cause I think it'd be helpful for people to understand how you work with artists and institutions. So for individual artists, we um, cultivate, we do um, strategic planning, vision planning, development and capacity building. Um, we source out fellowship opportunities, grant opportunities. Um, and then we also try to figure out like what your package is and what it is that you can actually do. Most people, um, most artists consider because they have multiple skill sets that they're these multidisciplinary artists and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to help them streamline what it is that is actually going to be a viable and sustainable source of, uh, of income while enjoying their life, right? Um, and then once we figure out what it is that they do, uh, figure out what the purpose of it is and if there is a purpose to it and if it can serve a greater, a greater good, a greater calling, because all of my clients are, consider themselves to be artists for social impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, we toss it away, you know, and if, and if so, then we, we build on it. We create networks. We do donor prospecting. Um, so it's, it's, it changes per artist because everybody needs something different. Right. Um, for organizations, uh, primarily just finding money um, and helping them organize their records so that they can apply for money on their own when I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which is normally like a year to three years, is like my, my breathing space with, with one with one person, one group. Um, yeah, I don't go over three years. Um, and then as far as like the cross sector work, if it's like a company that's focused on education, like I, I work with the open education network of NOLA, I work with the Viper corporation. Those are not artist based organizations, but they are companies who are serving black kids and black families, mm-hmm. which is my mission work, mm-hmm. who have an interest in bringing in creative strategies and artists um, in a way that will support their, their outreach um, and the development of their work so they can be better servants to the community. Mm-hmm. And so I help them to create those pathways um, and also to like build rapport and trust with those communities so that they want, so that, they, you know, if, if you've been doing the work for 17 years and no one knows you, there's a problem. Right. Um, 
and it might not be that you did anything wrong. It right. just could be that you didn't know how to talk to people, right? And maybe bringing in a playback theater group or maybe putting up a documentary or maybe hiring someone who's in the community that happens to be a poet to help you kind of do this thing right. um, is necessary. And so I teach people really what that looks like, like what it means to pay an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, continue, please, please continue. What it means, yes, to pay, because so, I will, oh my God, I want to do this thing, and we've got this great research, and we did it, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing, that's amazing. Yeah, we need like 10 artists. Okay, what's your budget? Oh, they can't volunteer. Bitch, are you volunteering? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. <laughs> so I, so I, 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 I do a lot of conversation around like mm -hmm. money and how, right. how, how you decipher like what a cost is. Like I also understand that some, some people try to like, give me $2,000 for an hour, sir. Um, but, I, but that conversation, just kind of like understanding like, what, what having a healthy relationship with the creative community looks like. Right. Understand, and, and, and this COVID thing has made it pop because, right. you know, we're here. Say, it feels like it's been, is it fair to say that COVID has kind of made it a little, you got a little prosperity coming in because now folks are, having to find someone who understands is better than they do? So I'm not going to say COVID brought me prosperity, but okay. I'm going to say, because I, my, my plan is, I've been working my plan. Remember, I moved here this year. Yes. Yes. I moved here. So I've been working my, I've been doing my work for a year and setting roots and figuring things out. So I would say I brought myself prosperity. COVID okay. just happened to quiet people down enough to hear me. Right. Um, it was me. You was you. But, um, but, what I will say about COVID is that when the arts and culture sector shut down, mm -hmm. which was one of the first to go, yeah. right? Um, folks had to honor how much they need the creative economy, mm -hmm. how, how absolutely essential right. these artists are to their standard of living. And like, and I think even though, like, it, it, and it's, I mean, it might have took till Broadway closed down. I think when Broadway shut down, everybody was like, Broadway? It's for real? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Broadway had to close down, and they're, I don't, they're not opening. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, Probably till um, next year, to be honest with you. Right. And so imagine about these smaller communities and, um, you know, when you're talking about just general stand being happy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not even, not even the arts and the art for social impact or the advocacy side. Like, that's a whole nother beast. Mm -hmm. But just talking about, like, the, down here they're doing this porch series. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea who runs it. I know June, I think June Bugnola has something to do with it. But I don't know. They're doing this porch series where they're going to the different houses of these different artists and they are like, performing at you know with this social distancing whatever whatever they're performing for the city from their porch and it's likely one of the most beautiful things that i've seen done during this epidemic right or pandemic or whatever um because one every one of them aside from just being talented mm -hmm. they're saying the the things that we need to hear that are memorializing the moments that we're existing in right now. Right. And it's a place to constantly go back to. It's like, they're doing exactly what artists are supposed to do. Right. You know what I mean? And it, if you don't like, so, which is like, I'm waiting to see what happens when this is over. Are people going to respect the art more? Mm. Are they going to stop pulling funding for artists now? Are we going to have to stop like begging each other to like, Pass the bag. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Right. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this will kick in the pants with us gone. So you, um, you've had to talk some people down the tree to calm them down and get them to the. <laughs> when you think, when you are, when you think back to the last conversation you had with someone, um, what is the common theme? outside of just the sheer panic of I'm losing funds because the tour is canceled or the gig is canceled, what are some other things that are coming up as you talk to some of your artist clients in, in this time? Oh, depression. Mm -hmm. Depression. Like, I'm 
overwhelmed with sadness mm-hmm. from other people, right? Mm-hmm. From their, their sadness. Like, <clears throat> I'm not talking about people who just like paint for fun. Right. You know, like these are hobbyists. These are people who have dedicated their life to their art and in whatever way it is, and however that manifests. And they've done, th- and most of them are people who have raw talent. And I think one of the things that I try to say a lot is when you have raw talent, you get away with a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I did for years, right? You know, you just kind of go from one thing to the other because you're good enough to like kind of pop in, pop out, whatever, whatever. But this is a time now where you had to have had like some type of, something to be working off of, like some type of written plan, like this is what I want my life to be or some type of real vision so that you still have something to look forward to. And the depression I'm finding with people who are calling me is coming from the vision stopped because everything that they were doing was immediate. Mm. Right. And, and they have no, they've not cultivated any type of two, three, one, two, three year plan about how they want their art to grow. They just have been doing it because that's just their raw and that, that's what just comes from them, you know? Right. Um, and that is a scary place to be. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a scary place to be. I can't speak. I'm only speaking empathetically. Um, but that's what I'm getting. I'm getting like, what am I supposed to do now? And I'm like, the same stuff you were doing before. I, mean, I don't know what else. How do they respond to that? Are people, yeah. you, ah, yeah, you know, it's, a lot of it is, well, some people will tell me, I just can't right now. Right. And I say, okay, no, then don't right now. <laughs> right. Then don't right now. Then don't right now. Do what you can do right now. And then some people will say, okay, let's sit down. I need, a, I need, I need the comfort of a plan. And we mm-hmm. go through that. We'll sit down and we'll look at what they were working on previously. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll look at, you know, what they, I tr- I'm trying to shoot people into the three-year mark. Yeah. Right. Um, because right now this like six, this nine month, 12 month thing here is so indefinite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to shoot people over into the three year, the three-year mark. Like, okay, what do you look, what does it look like three years from now? Yeah. If, if this, when this is over, everything returns to no- to what your normal was. Right. Um, and and so that, and, and, it, and it, it, like I said, it varies from different people, it varies from person to person. But what we, what I've noticed, um, what I've noticed since we've, someone was telling me that I was supposed to be on this call. <laughs> um, I'm here. So, um, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So yeah, so it, like it varies from, but I, but we'll, so like it, it's either I can't do anything, and then we sit down and we just talk talk about like, okay, well, what um, what do you need that's fun, or what do you need that's light? I've got people who are going through marriage situations, you know. I'm telling you, I'm saying, well, you're home now, right? You know, focus on that. You know, fix fix all of the stuff that was rotting under the house. You know, like that's just. Um, and like I said, it varies from person to person, but what, but my, my initial statement at all is always don't stop what you were doing. Okay. You know, figure it out. And then all of the other stuff, it'll show itself. Like for me, I needed to create my home. Mm-hmm. I, I needed to, um, I needed to build a patio for my son. I needed to plant some flowers. I needed to change my work schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to not apply for emergency funding. I figured I, when I started seeing, um, the response from the funders, I was realizing first they're overwhelmed. Um, two, everybody is applying for everything, which isn't fair. Right. And um, and that's another conversation. Like, Miriam, I need to. Uh, here's this. Here's this list. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have the list. What sending me the list? Um, here's this list of a thousand grants that I need to apply for right now. No, you probably need to apply for three of these. Right. The rest of them you need to pass to your friends who are more, who are better suited. Um, and I think that's another thing that's coming out of this, for at least for my clients, is like understanding what pass the bag means. Mm-hmm. Desperation should not lead you to a place where you end up having to create something new just to get some money when you can give it to somebody else and, co- and collaborate later. Right. There's so much, there's, there's that, that long-term investment is so much more important than this $300, $400 that you can get right now by applying for something that's that someone else should have gotten. Mm-hmm. 
um, and we're having that conversation too, especially with my um, my independent artist clients because they want they they need it the most. Um, and then also just like saying, don't apply for loans. Like you know, trying to explain um, read, reading this fine print. Mm-hmm. Um, forcing them to do some of the research with me um, has been helping with the, the, their planning work because normally I'll just read everything and then tell them what is right and what is not. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, no, I need you to read this too so you understand how the world works, right? So now they're telling you, you, as part of your plan, your sustainability plan to go out and get this loan from the SBA. Mm-hmm. But, and they're like, oh, it's a it's a, a, a no default loan or da 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 They close that. Mm-hmm. That. $10,000 that you could have got for free with no payback was gone in like 10 minutes. Right. So now it's all real loans. And right. even though they're saying they're saying no interest, it says for a certain period of time, if right. you meet these very, very specific, very strict, you know, um, parameters, which most right. of us don't. Right. And then you go up to a 3.54% APR, which could, right. if you default, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You end up, it, it is not meant for us. So it's really taking this time also to like learn who would harm you and what that looks like and um, creating these barter systems. Um, I love, I think I answered the question and I'm answering it now. I'm answering, I'm just talking now, but my point is we do a plan. I say, do what you want. I mean, I say, do what you were doing. Right. Um, they either freak out and say they can't, and then we talk about everything else that's going on. Um, I, be- I believe I'm like ushering people through shadow work, which is not my job. Um, All right. It's not. I don't get paid for that part. That oh. part comes free. Ushering people through their shadow work. Mm-hmm. Say it out loud so they can all hear. Yes, continue. Continue, goddess. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, but at the end of it, like, I've, I have one young lady who just finished a new script, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. It has nothing to do with COVID. It's just this stunning love story. I was so excited to read it. Um, I have another young lady who um, just revamped a piece of her work that's focusing on um, secondary or secondhand post-traumatic stress in educators. Mm, wow. Um, yeah, but she um, she um, she had been working on it before, and I think she hit a, hit a wall when this happened because she had just finally got it up on its feet. Right. But um, I've been dreaming her. I'm, sh- I'm certain she's working on it. And, um, and I reached out to her the other day and I, and I saw that she started posting more about the work again. So I'm excited to see what comes from that, especially now that teachers are home, mm-hmm. having to raise their own families at the same time of still trying to teach with this distance learning. I think that that, that secondary stress is probably something that's even more prevalent now. So I'm wondering how that's going to mm-hmm. lift her to the next level for her work. Right. Um, and another, uh, the Viper boys are out there working in North Carolina. They are, they've created a community amongst these high school um, athletes, scholar athletes, where they're just basically being no fear and working out and training and um, this, you know, almost like peer mentoring each other through this whole situation. The owner, um, Nick, has been taking them out to a field and letting them run and just like really keeping their spirits up. So just like, I'm watching people at least and like navigate it and make it real sexy. The work that's going to come out of this, especially the work that started before this, Mm -hmm. the strength of it now is I'm just so excited in my own personal work too, you know? Yeah. Let's talk. I wanted to talk about that. Like what's happening with your own, your personal work. Um, Well, I have two projects. I have four projects. Mm Mm-hmm. Two that I that I care a lot about, and two that I just have to do. Okay. <laughs> um, I have to do the other two because someone else did them and they didn't do them well, and I don't like that. Okay. Um, especially when it comes to black kids, mm-hmm. you know, don't play with my babies. Right. So um, I can't make no more. So I'm gonna take care of many as I can. Um, the first one is the juke. I think you know about the juke. Yeah, I know about the juke. Yep, I'm excited. You know about, about the juke. 
I think you know we got you know we got land for the juke. So the juke is like the you know it's the conver- it's it's really um evolved since this has started because I've been having more conversations like with this whole mutual aid thing and people really um um trying to understand like what is advocacy and what is activism which I got to call you out because I said I am not an activist. Go ahead fix it. Yeah, I'm putting my shield back up because I don't uh-huh. know what to come. Go on. Uh-huh. And this is this happens to me all the time. Okay. Oh, Miriam. Miriam is an activist. No, I'm not. I Miriam disagree, is... but go ahead. You can disagree, but I'm gonna tell you what I'm not gonna do. Okay, I'm not, go for it. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, go you know it. I don't thought protest or show up. I am at home behind the computer and you know, I help people. I'm an advocate. And I think that it is very important for people to really understand their lanes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens normally is when I say I'm not an activist, then people just erase it like you did. Just erase it. They don't change it to advocate. I did change it to advocate. I changed it to something. What did I put? Culture something? You erased it. It said artist, right, and strategist, activist. Now it said artist, cultural strategist. Because right, I thought that's what you wanted me to do. I did what I thought I was supposed to do. What should I have done? <laughs> I'm not digging it. I'm not digging on you too much. I'm just saying, um, but that's, that, that's a thing. Yeah. And, um, and it's become more of a thing I've, in these conversations recently. And so the juke is, was supposed to be an opportunity for activists of varying, um, with, with different issues, mm-hmm. you know, to sit down and figure out what it means to put those issues aside to figure out the greater purpose, the bigger picture, right? And to do it in a setting that was like reminiscent of like the old school juke joint where people would get together and have their private meetings and da 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 da, da right? Um, and I'm still doing that. I'm really still excited about it. But I also now I want to figure out what the 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 research. I'm I'm ch- I'm changing the research. I'm trying to figure out now um, what it would look like if we had instead of five activists, you know, two activists, two advocates, and uh, you know, or what do these mixtures look like? Yeah. And should they be these? Should they be bigger? Should they be smaller? Um, should they start as a planning thing where they meet each other prior to and then toss them into the space? <clears throat> so really been working on that and I'm fine tuning that. And I've got some, um, I have an organization that is actually really interested in seeing what comes out of it mm-hmm. and, um, and interested in seeing how I install, um, my results. So they are really supporting me through that. Um, the other thing I'm working on is cold comfort. I've been working on cold comfort for a while. Cold comfort is a, um, a verbatim theater piece, um, that is, addressing the intersections of um, juvenile detention, education, and gentrification. Um, And one of the, I hit a wall for a while because we ran into this climate control conversation when it came to gentrification. And I didn't really understand climate change um, on on an academic level. I didn't understand it. And so I've had to spend a lot of time like really, um, studying climate change like what does this mean and how does how does this impact gentrification and then how does that lead into this prison pipeline situation um and so that means more interviews so to this point we've i've interviewed uh 100 and 100 a little over 130 people okay um so all of those need to be transcribed Mm. okay well you got time I got time. They only, but they're not. They're not done. By the time I'm done, I'll have about two thousand interviews. Okay. Um, because you know you want you you can't really create data right without a problem. Unless you have yeah, you need you need numbers. Um, so I'm just trying to be trying not to put them down. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I've been keeping myself going by, like I said, working around the house, listening to music that inspires me to do more work. Been listening a lot to. Um, and peoples and like old funk mm-hmm. just old funk has been like cheering me through um but th- those are the two projects i'm working on the most um the the, the secondary projects is there's a, um, some work going on in, in sa right now um you know they even though south africa shut down right before they right right before they shut down there was a um a huge arts push um trying to trying to get equity, the same as in the States, equity right. for black artists. Um, right. But they were also having a huge issue with women. Um, like they had like, I want to say 30 
rapes and murders in like 30 days or something like that. It was crazy. And um, I saw some, someone had asked me to support a project and I said no. And I should have said yes, because it was, they didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it in a way that was going to affect any changes, any cultural shifts, any policy shifts or anything like that. So it needs to be redone in a way that actually like is informative and can, can move some people to make, to move some mountains. Right. And then the last one is um, my friends in Kadu in Senegal, they um, finally opened their own theater. They have a real building. Nice. They have a real building and they want me to come and teach, um, teach playback and, Build another, build another ensemble out there. So, dope. I will do it because I am after and watching them. Man, you know, I think this is the other thing too. Like watching people in other countries, not watching them, talking to them. Mm-hmm. Like they're so scared for me. Mm. Yeah, well, I would be too if I was watching the news of the way this country's handling things. Like, they're like, tell me that this is not happening the way that it's happening there. And I'm like, oh, it is. They're like, (laughs) how are you safer in this? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, look, my people in Nigeria are like, ah, what's, what's, what's. It's terrifying. Yeah. They, they, they really are like, are you safe? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I I got into a conversation. And you know, I don't. I'm a Facebook poster, not necessarily an arguer. <laughs> this lady, sometimes, this lady posted this thing about, um, <clears throat> and I think it hit a chord because of my work. But she said, um, she doesn't, dope, she doesn't give back to where she came from. Oh, wow. Because why would she, why would she turn around to help people in a place that she fought so hard to get away from, right? Now, trauma response, trauma response, live your life, right? But then she says, I, I am a much bigger ph- ph- philanthropist than that. I sow into third world countries and people who need me more. And I was like, wow. First of all, they don't need you. Right. They don't need, I wish y'all would, I just, I, the elite mindset of like, the elitist mindset of like, I'm going to go to this place and make it better. Right. When we could be learning from them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we should be learning from, like, when you go, yeah, okay, maybe I peed in a hole, but everyone is fed, everyone is healthy, everyone is sleeping, right. you know, the, the community is st- way stronger. Right. Um, they enjoy themselves in their life, and, like, they, we come over there, drop off our, our sicknesses, and right. give them $50, and we think we've changed the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, this, I'm glad that, I'm not glad COVID happened. I did not say that. Do not. I, that's not what I said. I'm not saying that you said that. I, I almost said that. I, I almost said I'm glad COVID happened, but that's not what I meant to say. What right. I'm saying is, you know, this lens, this rosy ass lens is cracking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. we are not doing well. Right. In comparison to people that we thought would do worse than us. Right. And I think to me, that is one of the silver linings because, um, when I'm in Nigeria, I get all these compliments. Your president is so, you know, I like how forceful is. I was like, he's a racist xenophobe who rapes women, and this is nothing to celebrate. Um, he's dangerous, and he, he's going to get us killed. And so this is a way for them to finally kind of see. And I think it's also a way for us to stop sort of romanticizing the states and the West and all these other, particularly the United States, because I think this particular situation has shown us that United States is being held together by Scotch guard tape and, and bubble gum quite frankly. And so it's a really important um, look behind the curtain. And what gets me to thinking about the kind, as long as I have known you, you have always, in addition to being like a dope ass mama to your son, you've mamaed all kinds of folks and all kinds of people and groups and all this. And I wonder sometimes in listening to you talk about your clients, who you're helping, how you're helping them, um, and because of your sheer, the, the nature of, of you and your soul contract of just doing the good work, how do you balance out the work that you do? Like, how do you make the decisions on who to help? Because I know to a certain extent, something tells me that everybody can't pay you right now because of everything that's happening. Yeah, most people can't. And it's actually funny. I sent a letter to my clients 
especially my independent artist clients. I was like, if you can't pay me, just tell me now. Right. I'll still do the work. Yes, sir. Uh, I got, I got, I got a mosquito bite. He got a mosquito bite, and also he's hungry. Okay. The point was that he's hungry. Right. Just so we're clear. He let in with the smaller thing. Right. Yeah. I'll be in there in just a second. In a second, for real. Well, that's a lie. It's not a second. It, well, it's not a second. There's nothing in that. Pick it up then. You are interrupting a very important call. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know what, Josiah? You're not going to talk small. This is a very important call. You get turned six and you think you know everything. Jesus. He said, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> So, yeah, so my baby. Um, but, yeah, so I love that his, his timing was perfect for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I, I sent out that note. Unfortunately, everyone has decided, okay, well, we're just going to try to figure out how to still compensate you. Um, I've been more specific um, in the last year in who I take on and who I don't take on. I've, um, I've created a list of uh, referral a referral list of people right. who do similar work that if I don't, if your project doesn't align with my mission work or my purpose work, then I'll just refer you to someone else. Right. Um, but I mean, primarily I lean towards um, all my clients are black. Right. Um, five out of six are women. Mm -hmm. um, all of them have very clear language in their, mission and in their work that they are catering to um, uplifting um, the black community specifically, right. especially children and families right. and that they are um, unapologetic about that um, and that they are in some way pushing forward a culture shift, not right. just, you know, cute work right. right so even if they weren't able to pay me right now i would still be in i'm still so invested in their success because of because of how it's going to impact my son right um that i would still be working i would still and that i am still doing the work because i mean the, mo the money's not the same right um but yeah my the criteria the criteria has changed um Okay, in a little bit. Okay. Um, he comes first. Mm -hmm. um, but that means in, in many different ways, too. You know, um, like somebody was asking me about why was I working with an education project. And I said, because you know, my son lives here and he's going to be in school. And if they're going to make it so that black kids get ex opportunities to excellence in education, I'm going to help them do that, you know. Um, I'm being more selfish. I think I suppose I'm trying to say. I'm being more selfish. Mm -hmm. I'm making decisions for how I want the world to look. Right. And I realized when I was doing direct services where I was creating the programs and pushing the full programs for and facilitating the programs and blah, 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 I was exhausting myself and my impact was yeah. small, right? I think the largest... I know when we did, like, when we qualified, when we quantified, like, my impact over the last, what was it, three, four years, it was, like, 14,000 people served or something like that, um, which was exciting to see. Um, but it was very insignificant when I, when I could think about, okay, if I have these five clients, right, and each of these five clients serves 20,000 people, my numbers, the impact is, is, is far greater. Um, and I'm not exhausting myself or taking myself away from my baby or, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm no longer harming myself to help people. Right. So that's how I've, I've switched to what, who my clients are, what that base looks like, who I'm willing to work. I do do um, at least two pro bono grant, um, either editing or writing per quarter. Right. Um, I don't publicize that. Right. It's normally like somebody who's been sitting on, who's just contacted me and I might back. I found this opportunity. I'm going to write this grant for you. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay me for it. I'll take a short commission if, if we get it and we'll move right. on from that. Do not interrupt me one more time, please. Go back in the house. We'll come in. Um, y'all know y'all step on his this Sunday. Today is Josiah's day. <laughs> um, I just thought he was going to sleep in. I let him stay up till midnight. <laughs> so anyway, um, I had a plan, girl, but I slept in. It was me. Right. So was, yeah, so that, that's really, I've, I've made that shift and I've done it on purpose. Like when I, when we moved here, my son, I thought he was happy in DC. I really did. I, um, this paint all over my hands. I, um, I thought I was raising a happy little boy there mm-hmm. and I realized he saw so much, you yeah. know, um, and, and because he was with me all the time, I felt like he was in this little protected bubble or whatever. Um, but I was seeing so much. Right. You know, if you're in the field or, you know, it, it, it was everything I saw, he saw. Right. And so when we moved down here, just like watching him smile all the time and breathe deeper, like literally breathe deeper. He has respiratory issues, like literally watching breath fill into his lungs. Um, yeah, I'm more specific now um, because it's, it's, and I'm, and if, if the work doesn't serve in some way, how my baby's going to live, I likely am not going to do it. That's where I'm at, you know? But yeah, I, and, and but I'll also say that there is a list. Um, when I started cultivating that referral list, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has their thing. There, there are so many lanes. I was able to put together um, seven to seventeen names of Black women-owned consulting companies right. that also live kind of in that creative cross sector. Not life coaches. I don't. I don't put. There's not a life coach on my list. Right. Um, but. But like actual dig-in consultants um, that are that just are stronger than I am in certain areas and who have different needs. You know, some of them are not parents. Some of them are really just more interested in what money looks like for Black folks and generational wealth looks like for Black folks and whatever, whatever. So having that many people um, to really be able to push folks out to is really exciting for me. And I didn't, I don't think I even considered that two years ago. Right. Like I, I've always passed the bag, mm-hmm. but I never, um, but I wasn't as intentional. Like, you know, does that make sense? Yes. I was passing the bag as far as like grant money and fellowships, but I wasn't passing clients. Right. Right. So, and I think that's something that we need to figure out. How do we create this like village of, um, Almost like a blacklist of of organizations, yeah. arts administrators. Yeah, like a like a concierge. Yeah, a concierge of folks doing sustainable work um, that supports our communities, but also um, allows us to live comfortably mm-hmm. and um, and feed consistently into each other. Right, yeah. like. And it could be national, it could be international. I'm putting this out there because I'm not going to do it. So hopefully somebody on this line is going to start this. So like, um, you know, <laughs> why, do, why, do, why do you do me? Don't do me like that. Because um, I'm not. But the, I know you're not. But I mean, theoretically speaking. That would be amazing. I would want to be on it. It would be amazing. But I, I would want to be on it. I would want my name on it. And what I suggest, just throwing this out there. Because I have a feeling that you probably have more of a cohesive list of folks that you vetted. It could be a start. Like, yeah, throw it up and then people just add to it. I can give it to you. Okay. And we so can what you say, give you the list. Or Geronimo's on here. I could pass it to Geronimo. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, I, he's, a, he's an activator. <laughs> he sure is. So, I mean, the thing is, there's enough of us. Like, if you started the list, we could add to it and we could definitely be like, look, add to this list. I think it's yeah, possible. but and I would and I yeah, and I mean like everybody from travel agents to event planners to just like, and I'm sure I think there is a list. I think we buy no, is we buy black only black businesses. I f- so I f- what I have found is that oftentimes that there are retail lists, so lists of you know black owned yeah. this that and the third. But I have yet to see a black 
creative like agencies and agents and and people who you know do like um like i've recently been pulled into the world of uh what's it called um i had to read a book and make sure that the black characters weren't racist i forgot what it's called there's a term for it uh, yeah look i'm just trying to keep people from making mistakes. Um, so there's all of these worlds where there are, there's a need for a black perspective presence um, and you know, that needs to be vetted. You wanna make sure that people are on the up and up, but I haven't seen anything that's like, okay, this, these are creatives and this is what, you know, what they do on the back end. Um, and so typically- I wonder if any- if Oh, that's a good a idea. Can... Yeah. That might be, well, um, I, the question would be, you wouldn't just be interested in arts administrators as much as like people who are working with institutions, people who are also not working with institutions, individuals would also be part of this. Did you freeze or are you reading? What's going on? No, I ain't freeze. Okay. Um, I'm not the right person to do this. <clears throat> Understood. But I will gladly, I will gladly, pass out my, my human capital list with their permission and um, I, no I would not want it to be just artists um, right. and yes Tiffany yes uh, in some way shape or form the folks in uh, AAC would need to be tapped because there are people who are doing cross sector work there too mm -hmm. um, I think when I, I think I, I trivialized my vision which is one of the reasons why um, I don't need to do it because um, it's too big. It, my head is like, I'm thinking like connecting with like the Napos and the Kias and, and Pretoria and having them put together. Like, have you, uh, did you read that thing I sent you? It might've been two months ago. Um, the move list. Was that the thing that was the massive list of like, no, I'm thinking of the grants. I didn't read them. What's the move list. So the move list is like this, um, uh, I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll give you a link so you can post okay. it wherever. But um, the move list is like this comprehensive database of... Yes, um, I did. Okay. And you uh, think that I... Of, of non-government organizations that... Yep. And I remember I was... Yeah. I thought it was dope and you were like, I didn't... I, I didn't... Because I thought you created it and you were really clear like you didn't create it. You just... You know, you just... Right? No, it wasn't mine, but right. but it, it's very well done. Yeah. It's very, very well done. But it's this comprehensive list of NGOs and their specific um, target issues, mm -hmm. um, where they're willing to pull from, and um, and how they will invest, right? right? Um, but, then, but then the sub under that is, like, they are, most of them have already identified, like, who they think are like game changers in those fields. Right. Right. Um, and then it just keeps breaking down. Right. Like who the game changers think are also right. who are upcoming game changers and who, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it forces you to, um, not forces you, it's a, it's a global network. Right. And they, it's, it's only people who are aligning on their, like, like you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, they're very specific. I, th I thought it was dope. I'm going to send it to you because I'm not explaining it very well. No, but, I remember um, seeing it and I remember thinking that you would put it together because I remember that was my response. I wish. And you were like, nope, I did not put this together. I'm just passing. I wish I had the kind of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wish I had that kind of time. And I mean, even though we have time now, that takes real time. And it takes, um, you can't just be throwing a list together. You have to actually. No, it. yeah, I would be. Now, the list that I have is very specific to people who are interested in creating policy shifts for black community. Right. That's my list. Right. Um, but I think it should be broader than that. I think, you know, I, I, I don't. That's a really good I'm list. not a POC person. Say again? I I'm not a POC person. Anymore. Oh, neither am I. I'm not a POC person anymore. I used to be. I used to be people of color, people of color, people of color. Um, but then I realized um, I was doing a disservice to the actual work because I really just want to serve black people. Yeah, the semantics bother me. They always have. Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't care about people, uh, you know, okay. other people's color. It just means they're not my mission. Right. Um, but but I, I don't want it. I wouldn't want to exclude them from that list. Right. Okay. Uh, well, look, look, you hear that? You see what Geronimo just said? He got things that most of the people on his podcast list would go on that list. That's why I'm saying you should have the list, Geronimo. Can he tap in? Is it too late? Am I, am I, am I co-opting? No, no. I think Geronimo can be tapped. Can you tap in? Take your mute off. <laughs> can y'all hear me? Yes. Hey, husband. Hey, boo. Hey, 
Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Did I tell you Geronimo was my husband? I figured as much. Yeah, we've been no, married. You, 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 no, you said if you aren't married in five years that we were getting married. So He's like, how long ago was that, though? Wait a minute. That, that was a year ago, so now we're down to four years. So This is your surrogate. Years. Well, it's a surrogate husband until otherwise noted. Sir, we're in a pandemic. Time has fast forwarded. We are married. So actually, right. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, for every month of the pandemic, that's like a year. So by the time we get out of this, y'all will be married and like, you know, the whole night. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so tell me, so you said your, your podcast list, I saw your face earlier. I only see your picture now, but you said you could, if I gave you the list, you, you would work on it? Yeah, just uh, put it in a, uh, what is it? A Google Doc spreadsheet, and I'll just add names and information to it. That's dope. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure. Like I said, the majority of people, some of the people I interview, they're just like, eh, I don't know about you. I don't know how how down for the cause you are. But um, um, most of the people they say that about you. No, I said that about them. Oh, after I see. Inter- okay. After interviewing them, I okay. was like, I don't, I don't know how down for the cause you are but um mostly people that i've interviewed would definitely be down for something like this and be down would be down to be on this list okay well if we're gonna do this this list has to be more than just a list no yeah it needs to be a functioning yeah it has to to function in a way that actually gets work done so i'm down to help with the making of it function but you know administration ain't my strong suit okay administration i so what I I'm gonna put this out there for whoever's gonna do it. What I envision, have you seen th- those like um like the travel company concierge mm-hmm. websites? Yeah, where they offer all these services and links and yeah, they offer all these services. You 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 can register and like you and that's how they kind of fund it. Like. $20 a month or $10 a month and you have access to all these people all the time or right. whatever, right? right. Um, something like that. So a member-based um, sort of thing. Yeah, a membership-based sort of thing. Okay. Um, I also would be very specific about I do not believe in allies. Okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I get where you're coming from, but I'd love for you to explain to the people who are going to watch this later. I think we've got the term ally messed up. I think people, um, if you are not actively um, doing the work to combat systematic, systemic oppression and all of the shit that's going on, Mm-hmm. that is harming black folk, you are not an ally. Right. So, you know, posting things on Facebook, things like that. Um, so I have a very, I've, I don't believe I've actually met an ally. Mm-hmm. Right? Like somebody that I thought if the world was going to divide right now and it was black against white, right. knowing there are tons more different, you know, but I'm saying to be short and quick, if it was black versus white, I don't know many people that would not go home. Right. 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 Um, and I and so when I say uh, this network of black folk, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I think one of the things that I've one of the things that I've seen in a lot of these organizations that uh, people are considering these, you know, f- successful for people of color, successful for black folk, they are um, their doors are very open. Mm-hmm. Their doors are very open, and I'm not interested in having open doors. So, so, so whoever would run this site mm-hmm. or whoever would handle this would also need to be someone who could, like, it would need security. Right. So here's my question, though. That question about open doors has got me thinking, does that apply to funding? I mean, I take white people money. Mm-hmm. But... Not but, and mm-hmm. I'm very clear that I'm spending it on, on um, what I'm spending it on. Right. We, don't play, we don't play around like, I don't, I don't dress it up. Right. I do know people who dress it up and try to make it seem like they're doing one thing when they're not. 
no, if, I, if you're going to give me this money, um, I'm spending it on black folk. But I will tell you that since I started being more vocal about what I'm spending the money on, I haven't gotten as much money. I mean, that's look. this is why I can't get money because I'm very clear. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't gotten as much money. And then when I do get it now, it's very like, can you send us pictures? No, I'm not letting you exploit my folks. But um, so, yeah, we could, you know, funding. But I, I feel like we could self-fund. I feel like, you know, the, idea, the, the point is we're creating this network where we are, we are using each other's services. We are paying each other. We are respecting and preparing each other for what this, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that is that self, it's not necessary to right. have external yeah the goal is that we could self-run self-run self-manage so i love how this went from a conversation into a straight up like manifest destiny planning session this is why i love talking to you this is fantastic um we are coming i can't wait to see who does it no right it's like ooh. Um, so we're coming to the close of this session of 101 and I wanted to offer an opportunity for our live audience. If you have questions, um, yay, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Tiffany. <laughs> if you have questions, uh, to throw them in the chat. Um, and also to let you know, um, that if you want to donate to the support of, um, of Miriam's causes, uh, we're doing the cash app is HBC, uh, sorry, what's the cash app? Yeah. HBC 430, but I'm giving the money to, um, there was an organization that supported one of my clients and just because I need to say it, it's the um, it's the Black Women's Artist Relief So that's not the exact name, but basically that's right. what they do it's Black Women's Artist Relief right? and um, I do it's uh, paypal.me backslash um, 430 HBC, hold on, I lied give me a second I gotta think about that. Okay. Um, oh, that yeah. Um, but um, me slash PayPal dot me backslash four thirty consulting. Okay. Well, let's do the email address. Um, uh, the uh, our PayPal email address is um, HBC four thirty CC at gmail dot com. But anyway, this organization is just a group of sisters out of California that got together and were like, yo, we're about to, um, we're about to figure this out. And they were just sending out like $50 here, $25 there, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was just, I, I, it, it goes back to what we were talking about now, just this network of like, look, we can't give you everything, but we can give you some money for groceries. We can put some gas in your car. Um, and they did it like. They were just, every time they, it wasn't like you got to wait six weeks, four weeks right. for us to figure out and go through applications. If you put right. your name on this list, we're just going down the list. Here's right. 50 bucks. Right. Um, I respect that. Um, I respect that. You know, we come, we do things like that. But anyway, that's where the money is going to go. Okay. So um, as we close out, I wanted to say thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I really, really appreciate you. I knew um, that I wanted to have you as one of the featured guests just because our conversations are always so enlightening. And I always learn so much when I, um, when I talk with you. Uh, but I have a final question to close this out. It's a question I'm asking everybody now. What's the first thing you're going to do once all this COVID stuff is gone or lifted? I won't say gone, but once we get back to a more, um, you know, a loud pace and we can, we don't have to shelter in place. What's the first thing you think you're going to go to do? Have sex. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to post quarantine booty. I think that, uh, that has been a concert. I'm going to, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's son, <laughs> you know, And on that note, we are going to close out. Miriam Foy is an amazing artist, advocate, and cultural strategist. Who this has been fantastic. Um, I I have I am so full right now because once Sorry, again, husband. No, look, I'm here for it. I support it. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, next week we have Will Snowden and um, yes, and, yes, Will Snowden is next week and uh, Tony Blackman is next week. So if you go. Ah! I'll yeah. fire next week. Yeah. Lososo.com for more information. Thank you so much for tuning in. And with that, I'm out because it's culture ain't going to make itself. You all take care. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey folks, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for listening to Cat's Corner, the podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so. I'm at K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O, Cat's Corner Co. on both IG and Twitter. You can also follow my company, Lil Sosa Productions, at LSP underscore on the go. That is both at IG and Twitter. And always feel free to come visit us at www.lilsoso.com. L-I-L-S-O-S-O dot com. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it.